0: Mahinui Kaukoto. I'm Tania Carr, and you're listening to the Real Talk podcast. Here at Real Talk, we create space for authenticity, awareness, and making a positive impact on the world around us. Real talk, real people, real stories. Ngā mihi nui ki a koutou katoa nau mai hoki mai ki te kōrero, Real Talk. I'm Tania Carr and today in this episode you are going to hear the incredibly brave story of Jade Wharemate. Now Jade took the stage at our Real Talk Mōngā Rangatahi event in Waikato as our rangatahi speaker, as one of our rangatahi speakers, to share with us her experiences with her journey through life. She shares her highs and her lows and how following her dreams has led her to new and exciting adventures ahead. Here is a fakatoki that Jade shared with us on the night. Ehara Takuto takitahi, takitahi, Ingari Hitua Takitini meaning success is not the work of an individual but the work of a collective. Love that fuckatoki. Now, it's important to note that there are some triggering subjects in this kōrero. So if you get triggered by this kōrero, there are some support contact numbers listed in the show notes for you to utilise. Here is Jade's story.
1: My journey into this world happened with a bit of a flair fighting my mum at all costs to stay in her safe and warm belly and forcing her to be transferred from the, from Moranso Hospital to the mighty Waikato Hospital where I have eventually made my grand entrance at 6.45pm, my father fainting during the process. The beginning of my journey started in Moranso Ngāti Haua and with that, ko taupiri me maungakawa maunga. Ko Waikato tōku awa. Imagine being a happy young girl, living her best life Being the first granddaughter, niece and daughter in the whanau So getting super, super spoiled Having both a mum and a dad to tuck you in at night time A time where everything seemed so perfect and blissful Yes, that was me for about three years During my five years of mons that I remember was pretty cool. I got the chance to go out with my cousins, go to kohanga, kindy, and start primary, and at three years old, I become a big sister. Unfortunately, with the positives always comes the the behind-the-closed-door stuff. Behind that door was my first lot of exposure to abuse and violence. Not long after I turned five, my mother finally built up the courage to leave my abusive father and take my brother and I back to Rotorua to be closer to her whanau. I smiled as our new journey began. Living in Rotorua started off okay. I went to a couple of primary schools, made some friends, made some mistakes, found my love and passion for sport. I lived like most children. I was happy. Well, what I thought being happy looked like. But again, what was happening behind the closed door? Not long after we moved back to Rotorua, my mum got back with who she used to call her high school love. And it was good, for a while. This is where shit got crazy. Don't get me wrong, he was a good stepdad to my brother and I. Treated us like we were his own. So when he was good, he was good. And no, he never physically hit us or anything like that. But the drug abuse, the alcohol abuse, the physical, mental and emotional abuse towards my mum and the violence that we saw was crazy. And it became like a regular thing, happening any day of the week, parties, alcohol, drugs, violence every weekend, gang members at our house. It was a constant cycle, but this was our normal. This was also our biggest secret. No one ever actually said it, but what happens at home stays at home, right? You can't go out telling people that this is happening at your house all the damn time because that's when outside parties get involved and we can't have that. So we all stay silent and we watch as it gets worse and worse and we let what happens behind the closed doors happen. Eventually my mum decided that Luturo was not the place for us and after about three years we moved to the place where I call home the home of the fog in the land of Ngāti Tahu Ngāti little old niparoa. Life in reps was as you'd expect any rural type living. We rode our bikes to get from A to B, we played outside with our mates until the street lights turned on, then we'd be home quick smart. We built tree huts, jumped off bridges, swam in the Wākato River. We were even lucky enough to have a free thermal hot pool. Everyone had an open house policy and we all lived off noodles and peanut butter and jam sandwiches. We settled in quite nicely. Unfortunately, what was happening in Ruturua followed us and it got worse. Much, much worse. Repurua is quite an isolated place and while my mum was surrounded by whānau and friends, I reiterate, what happens behind closed doors stays behind closed doors. By this point, my beautiful little sister had arrived, and while she was a blessing, I felt so sorry for her and the world that she had to enter. I remember locking myself and my brother in rooms just so he wouldn't have to see what was happening to our mum. I remember watching my mum fight for her life. I remember trying to settle my sister whilst trying to distract my brother so that he wouldn't see what was happening outside his curtain. I was nine, and I feel like this happened yesterday. Enough became enough, and my mum finally built up the courage to leave him. I appreciated him for being a good stepdad, but I was glad he was gone. After my mum left, things started to get a bit better, but other challenges popped up. She was now a single mum with three kids, working as a full-time farmer. This meant that by the age of nine, I assumed a parental type role. I was cooking, cleaning, and looking after my siblings so that my mum could go to work, put food on our tables, and give me and my siblings everything that we needed to still be able to live a partially normal life. While I am grateful for my life, that didn't stop me from being sad and disappointed about the things that I didn't get to have. I'm not entirely sure that people realise, but I didn't get to be a child. I had to grow up really quickly, and at a very young age, I was already very mature. I sacrificed my childhood for the greater good and now that I'm older I can appreciate that but when I was young and I had to stay home all the time and do things kids my age weren't doing that was hard. Don't get me wrong my siblings are my ride or dies and I love them to the end of the earth but they never really understood what I did for them growing up and sometimes now I still don't know if they do. Around the same time, I found myself being traumatised by an online platform, Bebo. Bebo was all fun and games until one day I went down to my auntie's house to check my public Bebo page to find a message from my father saying that he had moved to Australia. By this point, my relationship with my dad was already kind of rocky. Every time my brother and I would go back to Morronsville to stay with him and his new family, we were made to feel so unwelcome. His partner didn't like us and we knew it. But seriously, who tells your kid through Bebo that you've moved countries? I was a daddy's girl, so when I saw the message, it's like you could hear my heart break. I couldn't understand why he didn't want to be my dad and why he chose them. My relationship with my dad pretty much ended that day. Future contact did occur on a random basis and only ever when it suited him or after he broke up with his girlfriend. But I'd already been heartbroken and I wasn't prepared to let that happen again. This whole experience taught me to be tough. Unfortunately, it closed me off, and it made it really hard for me to trust anybody, even those closest to me. This is something I struggle with, still struggle with today, but I've acknowledged this childhood trauma, and I don't want to let this affect the rest of my life. This girl right here is my best friend. We first met at a primary school event and realized that my stepdad was actually her cousin. We bonded over people we knew, and we become friends instantly. Lily was a breath of sunshine, a person that everybody needed in their lives. She was confident, funny, outgoing, and just an overall amazing person, and I felt like I was the opposite. I was really shy and quiet, which is why our friendship was so perfect. One of the key changes in my life occurred on the 1st of July 2010. It was Lily's 12th birthday and also our last day of school before school holidays. Lily and I never really hugged, but we gave each other a hug goodbye. I said happy birthday and told her to have a good night. Lily was always so happy, and this day she was even more happy because she was going over to Kaurau to pick up her other best friend to celebrate her her birthday. Unfortunately, it didn't quite go as planned. While on her way to Kaurau, Lily got in a terrible car accident And on the 4th of July, 2010, she took her final breaths. When Lily passed away, my heart broke again. But this time I felt like a piece of my heart was buried with her. She was someone I trusted and someone who made me forget about how crazy my world was. I was so lost, I cried myself to sleep every night and then caught myself smiling and acting like everything was fine during the day. This was the challenge that was either going to make or break me. After Lily passed away, I felt like a piece of her, my heart was with her and a piece of hers was with me. Everything that Lily did for us when she was alive, making us friends, pushing us to try new things, I all of a sudden started doing that stuff. I become a bit more confident in myself, backing myself and doing things I would never normally do. And I put that to her. I decided that I was going to live the life I knew we would have lived together. While losing Lily was single-handedly one of the hardest things I've ever done, I am grateful for her every day, because without knowing her and without losing her, I wouldn't be the person I am today, and I wouldn't be standing in front of you all telling my story. Lily will forever be my best friend, and no one will ever replace her, but I live my life for the both of us, and I know she is standing right here beside me on this stage. When I was 18, I moved away to Hamilton to be free and go to university. My mum was heavily pregnant, so I basically ran out the door. I was excited. I worked my butt off at school to get where I needed to be, and it paid off. I got a great scholarship, so why not reap the rewards? During my first year at university, I struggled. I was this country Māori girl with no money, trying to live like I was rich. I told myself I worked my ass off to get to uni. Why not treat? myself to a little bit of luxury living, not realizing that it's the people that make where you live a luxury. I struggled big time with feeling out of place, felt like people were always giving me that up and down look, judging me for what I look like without really getting to know me. But to be fair, I felt that uncomfortable that I didn't bother really letting anyone in. I found myself closing off almost completely to the outside world. Living and relying so much on my ex at the time, it was unfair. I wasn't enjoying it, so I kind of didn't let him enjoy it either. I was lonely, I was sad, and I was lost. I put my head down, focused on my work, and making sure that I was getting top grades, letting everyone around me believe that I was failing. Well, that's what I thought they were thinking. And I did what I had to do. My second year at uni was better. I went flatting with my mates, from school and for me everything was good. But all the pressure I put on my ex at the time wore off on him and in our second year he didn't do so well. I look back now and I realize how much we did for each other, how often we put each other over ourselves and how much we both lost ourselves in the process. And for that I'm grateful that he was there but I also don't ever want to put myself or anyone else in that position again. How can we expect to have a healthy and happy relationship if we can't even be happy within ourselves? My time at uni definitely had its ups and downs. Over my three years, I used sports as my outlet. I played premier netball for a great club. I had an opportunity to represent the uni in netball and basketball. I learned how to be independent and made some good memories as well. And even though I struggled with different aspects of uni, What kept me grounded and made me proud was being able to use my skill, knowledge and experiences to guide other Māori students within my degree as a Māori mentor. Being a Māori mentor opened up a world of opportunities for me. I met some amazing, proud Māori leaders and it inspired me to do the same. My third year of uni was a pretty big year for me. It was my final year of study so the stress levels were high. And then on March 15th, 2019, my koro passed away. My mum was fun into the weiria ko and without a doubt, my nan and koro treated us as if we were their own. He was the koro that used to sneak you sweet treats behind your mum's back. He gave me my love for chocolate and ice cream. He used to tell our story about the old days, and my most favorite part about my koro was the way he would react after he got a tune-up from my nan. My koro was a very sickly man. Many people would say he had 21 lives and all his nurses would say he was their number one patient, everyone but my nan. I had the privilege of being my nan and Koro's personal chauffeur at one point. One of my fondest memories was this one time I had to drive them to Hamilton and on the way home I could feel myself getting tired. My Koro put his hand on my shoulder and said, there's a really nice ice cream shop up here. Call in and get us a rainbow flavoured ice cream. I knew he knew I needed the break, and I appreciated that he didn't make a big deal out of it. You know that saying, you never really know how much someone means to you until they're gone? Well, it's true. After my koro's tangi, I went back to uni, and I thought I was fine. I was not. I was so numb and lost. I selfishly thought about myself and how he wouldn't be there for my 21st and other big events of my life. I thought about how different things would be with my fano now that he was gone. I felt like an imposter. I was so much more messed up than I realised and when I finally woke up, I was able to realise that while my cuddle was the glue that held us all together, the memory of his life will always bring us together. I love my whānau and I consider myself blessed to be in such a crazy, unconventional family. Wow, look at that smile. Doesn't that girl look happy? Well, have I got a surprise for you. This girl in this photo is actually a girl at one of her lowest points. I know, right? Seems crazy. Behind that smile was a girl who was so filled with sadness that the only thing she could do was smile. So that's what I did. I was given a pretty harsh reality check, and instead of letting it get me down, I smiled and I called one of my best mates, and we went and bought pizza, some drinks, and sat down by the water. What I realized during this stage of my life was that I invested so much of myself into a person that wasn't me, and I completely lost myself. I went from being this outgoing person who loved getting out and doing stuff to always wanting to stay home and be around my ex. And now that I look back, I know that it's on me for not seeing my own worth, but they say love hurts, and it does, but it hurt in a way that I didn't expect. It hurt me because when everything finally came to an end, who was I? I had to work hard to find myself again. And I think I might be the only person to say this, but I loved COVID 2020 lockdown. And it was during that period that I can truly say that I found me. I worked, I spent time with my family, making them do home workouts with me. And then when the world slowly started to open up again, we added a few good nights with a few too many beverages, but I was enjoying it. I felt free again. I felt like I didn't have to be a certain person or act a certain way. I didn't have to worry about anyone other than myself. I could just do whatever I wanted to do. And that is exactly what I did. All those years I spent at uni being the boring stay-at-home girl, well, I made up for that, that's for sure. That wasn't all that it was about, though. I did things for me that challenged my mental capability, to prove to myself that I can do anything. I was vegetarian for six months. I was able to start playing heaps of sports again, touch, basketball, netball, and I even started playing rugby league, which I absolutely love. I committed to my to further my academic success. I did anything and everything. I found me. Don't get me wrong, there were still a lot of struggles, but with the help of my whanau, especially my cousin Tyrese, I was able to find me. After I finished uni, I moved back to Rotorua with my auntie Dale and Uncle Brian. They housed me and fed me while I attempted to do my Masters. I had two part-time jobs, one at a power company doing some personal training, which I loved. They always made me feel like I was doing something right. Another was supporting a beautiful young lady who reminded me daily the power of being positive. One of my key highlights of my time in Rotorua was having an opportunity to play rugby league. It's crazy how much a love for a sport you can get in such a short amount of time. And what made it even more special was that I actually had my brother there teaching me and pushing me to be better. Another highlight was having the freedom to grow and figure out what I wanted to do and where I wanted to end up. I was lucky enough to be surrounded by so many amazing people that even when I was feeling like shit, which was more often than I'd like to admit, they were able to pull me out of my rut purely just by being them. I moved to the Mount to start a new chapter of my journey. I got a job as a green prescription advisor at Sport Bay of Plenty. My brother turned 21, my sister turned five. I played my first year of rugby and made it into the Bay development team, which helped me get my first win against Auckland in any sport. After many late nights, stressful days, and lots and lots of reading, in May 2022, I finally completed my master's thesis. I moved in with the two coolest flatmates in the world who encouraged me to strive for more and reach for the stars. They showed me that there's so much more to this world than I realized, and by having good connections and a good attitude, you could go anywhere. And after 15 years, my brother and I reconnected with our dad. And while it might not have been what he had hoped, we were both able to get some closure and realize that we lived the life we were supposed to live and we didn't miss out on anything. Everything in life I've done because I felt like I've had to. I wanted to be a good role model. I felt like I had to be a good role model for the ones in this photo and everyone else who was watching me. So I did. And this has led to me being able to say that I not only have a bachelor's, but also a master's in health sport and human performance. Education is and always has been important to me. And I believe that I can now say that I've done what I needed to do within the academic space to show rangatahi, especially those who have grown up similar lifestyles as me, that they can do anything they put their minds to. So where am I now? I'm here on this stage telling the story of my life. And while this process is very confronting, it has encouraged me to face the behind the closed door stuff. I feel like I've done what I needed to do and now I want to live for me. I have finished this chapter of my journey and I am ready to embark on my new chapter. And in the very near future, I will be on a plane on my way over to the United Kingdom to get some life experience, work, and hopefully play some sport as well. So, my final messages to you all is, one, don't let your childhood trauma and lifestyle define who you are. Two, take every opportunity that you are given and never stop believing in yourself. And three, remember to live your life for you. E takutua, e takitahi, e toa takitini. Success is not the work of an individual, but the work of a collective.
0: Naomi <laughs> mihi Real Talk could be coming to a town near you, so check out the Real Talk website, www.realtalknz.co.nz or follow us on our Instagram, at real underscore talk underscore nz to find out where we'll be next. I got you Real Talk.